Welcome to the podcast. I'm Candice Boddington, your host, an energy dealer and nutritional navigator in Cape Town, South Africa, and founder of The Bod Brand. In 2017, I made the commitment to live a holistic lifestyle to heal my anxiety, gut health, and hormonal imbalances. I truly hope that the space adds the value you seek and will give you the starting blocks to heal too. All you need to do to get started is subscribe, and you can leave the rest in our hands. We're looking forward to sharing this time together. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute. Um, I've, for some reason, not for some reason, I have really, really put off recording this podcast. And I think it's because it's about anxiety, something that I have experienced most of my life from what I can remember. And I think I've given myself a expectation of what this podcast should be and how I'd like it to help others. And I think by putting that expectation on myself, I have really, really delayed actually putting in the work and doing it. So a couple of weeks ago, I opened up about my anxiety um, that I've been facing. And like I said, it's always been something I've experienced to some degree. I can't really remember when it started. I can't really say if it's gotten more intense or I've gotten older. But it's been a part of my life. And like most things, I share it with you in hopes that it can help. Anxiety for me has never left me feeling out of control, more just uncomfortable, but still manageable. However, a few weeks ago, I had a full-blown anxiety attack that hit me like a brick wall. The anxiety involved uncomfortable breathing, vertigo, and a lingering feeling of fear, no focus or drive to do anything. I couldn't really pinpoint the reason for the attack, the panic attack. However, there have been a lot of shifts in my life before that point. Between work projects, a puppy passing, having some serious gastro, to running my own business, but understanding the possible reasons didn't really help the lingering anxiety that stayed afterwards. So in this podcast, I am not going to be chatting too much about my history of it, but rather answering the questions based on an Instagram poll I ran a few weeks ago. I don't intend on being an expert in this field. I'm just sharing my journey with um, with you guys and what's worked for me and how I move through it. So we're going to go straight into the questions. And the first one is, am I on medication? So no, I'm not and have never been on prescriptive medication. However, I have chosen to use CBD oil and other forms of it to help me during episodes of anxiety and insomnia mostly for insomnia, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's a whole different other podcast, but having sleep as the main, like good sleep hygiene as your main focus when healing anxiety and autoimmune disease, honestly, even getting your period back, sleep is the number one medicine you should be focusing on. So cleaning up your nighttime routine, huge, huge, huge help. Um, With that being said, though, I do believe there is a place for medication and anxiety, but obviously this would need to be between you and your doctor, not me saying what I think is best for you. All right, so then we're going into what techniques do you use to keep your anxiety in check? How do you manage it? So 
I know it sounds like the norm thing to say, but being really consistent with meditation. So meditation for me has changed the game in moving around this world with anxiety, being able to take a step back and checking in with myself to see if what I'm feeling is a reaction of something rather than what's actually going on, because we do tend to react rather than take a step back and go, okay, what is the story I'm telling myself to what's actually happening in, in this situation? So getting my body to move every day, even if it's just stretching, has been the biggest game changer. Just allowing blockages, a time to leave the building has been a must for my anxiety. And then choosing happiness. Um, yeah, but that, I think, would be a great podcast in itself. All right, next one. Do you know the initial cause of your anxiety? When did it start? And what areas of your life did it affect? To answer, since I was little, I've always been very aware, introverted, and more of an observer. However, anxiety seems to only have been something I started to become aware of when I was a teenager. I definitely think my home life, toxic relationships with men, and being in an overachieving all-girls school elevated it a lot, though. All right, how has your anxiety affected your IBS? I feel like both kind of rule each other. If I don't eat well, my gut flares up and that decreases the right amount of happy juice in my gut to be produced and also interferes with the communication from my gut to my brain, which definitely affects my mood. However, if I go away for the weekend or I'm in an environment that makes me anxious, I tend to either need to run to the bathroom or I end up not going for three days. It's real fun. How, okay, I don't know if I should say next question, but I think it's obvious when we change the topic. So how to identify different types of anxiety and the reason it shows up. I think what's most important to note here is that you can be anxious in a situation and once it's passed, you move on with your life. However, there are many kinds of anxiety disorders such as social panic, OCD and P PTSD and will show up differently for everyone. However, the initial feeling can be very similar, I'm sure. So I would be, I don't know, I think it would be a case of monitoring it and if it debilitates your life in any way to rather seek someone to help you navigate through it and possibly, I don't know, figure out the root cause to why you're feeling and reacting to different situations around you. Next, best method without a doctor or medication. If it's not debilitating your life, then I think adding in meditation, uh, like free writing, CBD oil, I think those can be super helpful. Also expressing your current headspace to those around you and give them, you know, some tools on how to navigate around you during a flare-up can be super helpful. But I do think that it takes, yeah, it's taking away, if it's taking away from your life on a larger scale, it's better to invest in yourself and your life and, you know, speak to a professional. But yeah, I think that would really, really come down to you. Next one. How have you separated from toxic people that trigger your anxiety? Yes, good lord. This is actually the first thing I did. I know we have all heard it a million times, but the five people you surround yourself with the most is the person you become. 
There is no way to heal if you don't change your environment. It's a pretty tricky one, but I truly feel that if we communicate it, you know, communicate it to the people around us that it's for our health, I really can't imagine a good person being confrontational about it. Sure, it would probably suck if you are friends and, you know, you've had to have this really hard conversation, but one of the biggest routes to anxiety is also people-pleasing and putting others' emotions in front of your needs. It's okay not to be perfect, like the person, perfect person to everyone, and for them to experience that, you know, pers- perfect version of yourself that you put out there, but, you know, rather build on who you are so every experience a person has of you is the best version you've presented to the world and the most authentic version of that. Um, okay, next one. Can you get over it yourself after being triggered? What? Did I read that right? Can you get over it on yourself after being recently triggered? Okay, right, I did. I think it depends what you see get over as. Whenever something triggers me, I need to speak to people, my people, be that Luke or close friend who knows me in and out. I normally ask that person first or... Yeah, I'll ask that person first if they have enough space to hold for me before I just go full tilt and spill my beans to them because you really can't expect people to be in a headspace for you the way you need them to um, and then see if it's something you need to take a step further with, like by speaking to a professional. So let's just say you get triggered by something at a social event and you don't know if it's you your anxiety taking over or if that event really was the way it was. So you speak to someone you trust and who can possibly say, listen, that's something you'll be fine with, or no, this is, this is intense. And this, the next step is potentially you going to speak to someone. And I've definitely had that with Luke a few times where the same situation kept popping up, kept popping up. And then he was like, you know what, Kanza, he's like, I love you. And it's nothing bad on who you are, but maybe it's time to speak to someone who can maybe help declutter this same pattern that keeps popping itself up in your life. Okay, what do you feel when you get an anxiety attack and how do you stop it? When do you know when you're having an anxiety attack? So for me, it starts with a surge of panic, like hits me out of nowhere. I feel totally out of control in my body's reactions. Then I get like this pain in my chest and I end up laying down straight away because I start losing the ability to breathe. I kind of sound like I'm hyperventilating. I normally have them when Luke's around. So luckily he gets me to breathe by literally just saying that and being present. Having them alone is probably one of the scariest things. Um... But yeah, once I get my breath back, then they go from short and crazy sounding to long and deep. I normally start shaking due to the shock my body went through. And I have a sense of, was it even real afterwards? To be honest, the biggest lesson I have learned is to just move through it um, and not try to stop it. There's clearly something in me that needs to pass, be it an energy blockage or just an emotion that wasn't mine to keep. I welcome them now and then have faith that they will leave quickly. Cool. How does yours affect you? Is it more mental or physical? Uh, Definitely both um, because they both affect each other. The physical and the mental are so connected that 
even if one state is being drained a bit more, the other is always affected. Um, cool. How to start to deal with it? Uh, I would say definitely start with identifying your triggers. I think journaling can be journaling. I think I said that right. I think journaling can be super helpful. Uh, but to be honest, I, I don't have the consistency with that. So I just make sure to check in with myself when I feel uneasy. For me, triggers are even things like coffee, being around toxic people, and sometimes even social events. Um, I think it's important to limit what is necessary and easy. However, things like social events, I know I need to work on. For example, I will say yes to an event, but only commit to an hour. And then I head back to the comfort of my home. <laughs> so that's how I slowly also start working on them um, once they are once I've identified with them or identified them. Okay. Lucky number 13. How do you stay productive and achieve goals while dealing with anxiety? You know, the funny thing is I've put off this podcast, like I mentioned, for a few weeks now because of that exact reason. Um, it's probably the biggest issue I face with, with anxiety is actually starting the things I want to do. And I know it all stems from fear you know, of not doing something perfect. I have a huge issues with perfectionism and I tend to rather not even do something um, because it might not live up to my ridiculous expectations. My best tip is to just start. So start your, I think it was in a book I was reading, excuse my language, but it's called Your Shitty First Draft. And whatever that is, you are wanting to achieve and work from there. Another tool that helps me is single focus days. So a lot of the time I try to do so many things in one day and then I end up just maybe doing like two minutes of work on each thing at the end of the day. And I feel so dissatisfied by the work that's been done because to me, I've actually, well, I haven't done anything. So instead, what I'd rather do is if there's one big task that week and I know that it's going to take, it could potentially take a full day or it could be stretched over that whole week, I'd rather say, cool, so to, let's say the Sunday, I'm doing nothing but recording this podcast work-wise, and I just hone in, and I single focus, and I get it done that day. Next one. Have you experienced depression with anxiety? So I've experienced a few days of heavy depression, but it hasn't been consistent enough for me to say that I have depression. Many people with anxiety disorders also suffer from depression at some points. Um, anxiety and depression are believed to stem from the same biological vulnerability, which may explain why they so often go hand in hand, since depression makes anxiety worse and vice versa. So I think if you are questioning this and it's debilitating your life, it's best to seek treatment for both. All right, how does one know whether someone has it without asking? And this is super tricky. Um, but I think this is something I believe you need to wait for someone else to be ready to speak about. Much like any disorder, it can be super triggering to be asked what is wrong with you. Because there nothing, there's nothing wrong with you in the way, that, like, the way of just saying it like that. Um, but rather to just continue to hold space for that person until they're ready and feel that they have a safe space with you. Cool. Natural remedies for maintaining anxiety and fast action. I love that fast action relief during an attack. So lots of people tend to lead towards tissue salts, rescue remedy or CBD oil. 
Um, but like I mentioned in the beginning, I kind of just move through it these days. Next one, how to cope with sudden highs and then lows. So I think being aware of them and remind yourself that nothing, not even your reactions or emotions, lasts forever. I like to always work on my communication during this time and tell my partner where I'm at. So that would be Luke. Um, sometimes the energy in the room can just like drastically turn and I don't want him to think it's him. That's a classic overthinker point. But anyway, otherwise I change in stimulation. Sorry, a change in stimulation can be super effective. Um, so if I feel like I'm having a dip potentially coming um, and I start falling to old patterns, I will just quickly grab my thoughts, run outside, um, roll up my yoga mat, go to the gym or even just calling a friend. Just that change in stimulation uh, can be super, super beneficial. Um, that's also a, kind of a tool I use for when I used to overeat quite a bit. So a lot of the time it wasn't that I was hungry or it wasn't that I was um, needing of that food. It was more just my brain looking for a change in stimulation. Cool. Next one. Coping mechanisms. I've, I've, this is a question by the way, coping mechanisms I've adopted having anxiety in the public eye plus the effects on social media and anxiety. So those were actually two different questions, but I thought they were quite similar and could roll nicely into one answer. So recently I found myself definitely sharing less on social media because of my anxiety. It's super tricky not to be faced with reactions based on what you share. So being online, no matter the amount of following you have, has definitely morphed into a very large space of holding responsibility, which isn't a bad thing at all and is very necessary. However, as a creative person, it does leave me feeling slightly restricted to sharing my everyday things, um, but I'm slowly feeling more open to sharing, so new content will definitely be coming soon. Um... But in the real life, it's actually, it's the raddest feeling having people come up and, you know, wanting to just give you a squeeze. And that's probably the coolest thing about social media is the inevitable way of connecting us. <laughs> I was actually speaking to a friend the other day about social media and we got chatting about how so many people who are seen as public figures on social media plat platforms, nine times out of ten are either introverts or have some level of anxiety, which may seem ironic at first but the more we spoke about it we realized it actually makes total sense because as it's I'm gonna say this it's the easiest way to connect with so many people at once without having our fears shut down or our fears kind of yeah I guess the things we think could possibly happen be shut down in an instant because of one person I don't know it's really hard to explain um, but yeah, it's, it is, it's a place to, I guess, find your voice when sometimes yours is the softest in the room. How and why is it different to stress? Okay. So from an outsider looking in, it can be difficult to spot the difference because stress and anxiety are quite similar, especially in the way that you feel it. Both can lead to like sleepless nights, exhaustion, excessive worrying, lack of focus, irritability, you know, all the fun things. Um, even physical symptoms, you know, like fast heart rates, muscle tensions, headaches, you know, 
can impact both people experiencing stress and those diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. So I guess, you know, with symptoms that can appear interchangeable, it can be difficult to know when to work on deep breathing and when to seek in a professional's help. I guess if I have to sum it up in a short-ish way, stress is your body's reaction to a trigger and is genuinely a short-term experience. So that can be a positive or a negative. So when stress kicks in, it basically helps you pull off like, something like this, like me me creating a deadline for myself to record this podcast. Um, and that can be a positive. When stress, I guess, results in no sleeping or poor concentration, ability, like impaired ability to do the things you normally do in the day, that's a negative. So stress is a response to a threat, I guess, in any given situation. Anxiety, on the other hand, is a sustained mental health disorder that can be triggered by stress. So I guess that would be the difference. Anxiety doesn't fade into the distance once the threat has, you know, changed and anxiety hangs around for the long haul and can cause significant impairment to social um, work life and any other important, you know, areas of functioning. <laughs> I feel like I summed that up enough. Um, okay, next one. Is it possible to heal from anxiety or will it be there forever? I think this is tricky because everyone's journey with anxiety is different. Mine has not been in inverted commas, what do you call it? Quotation thingies healed as it comes and goes and changes like life does. Um, personally, I feel like there are too many vulnerables happening throughout our lifetime to say it will just be gone one day, like a healed blister. But I do believe that the right tools and professional help you can definitely manage it and, I guess, live with it for the most part. And I don't say live with it in a bad way. I mean, like, it's, it can become a friend. You just kind of, you know, chill with it. All right. Foods for anxiety and foods to avoid. <laughs> the, like, <laughs> the nutrition advisor in me just, yeah, wants to say more than what I'm going to say. But I would say um, the certain foods can affect like for me, anxiety, and that's coffee. But it's not necessarily the coffee infecting, infecting, wow, affecting my anxiety. It's more the foods that trigger my IBS, which then affect my anxiety because the brain and the gut are so linked. So when the gut's unhappy, that's exactly what's going to get communicated to your brain. At the moment, my doctor's put me on a low-fab diet, which I've been speaking about, and he has suggested no coffee. And to be honest... It's the most focused and calm I've been in a long time. So to conclude, I don't think there's a specific food that would make anxiety better or worse. But focusing on creating a healthy gut microbiome with a varied diet, you know, best suited for your needs is definitely the way to go. On the other side of food and anxiety, coming from restrictive eating patterns, I used to find food as a whole very triggering for my anxiety especially when I was to eat out or in front of certain people. So working on my relationship with food as a whole has been incredibly helpful when dealing with my anxiety too. Next one. Why are we so... What? Why are we so much more prone to anxiety now? So my thoughts naturally gravitate towards the increase in stimulation we have now from like 
our phones to even just popping into a grocery store. There's just so much more of everything. More people who need jobs, more money to be made, more food to be eaten. There was actually a study I read in The Guardian that showed high income places almost doubled in stats of anxiety. But yeah, I don't I don't actually remember what it was called. I just remember it was from The Guardian. Um next question how do you manage your anxiety what your anxious voice in your head and stop it before it spirals I think just literally physically stopping what I'm doing and ask what is stressing me out so much I know it sounds cheesy I just say everything's okay I have a cup of tea like anything else soothes my soul and then I get back to what I was doing all right how do I get diagnosed with anxiety disorder so I would say start with a GP or a mental health professional where they will do a physical examine and look at your signs. If you have signs of anxiety that might could even be possibly linked to medication or even an underlying medical condition. They might do blood tests or urine tests. Um, oh, and not to mention they might ask questions about your symptoms and medical history as a starting point. I think this is also a great starting point if you feel no one believes you have anxiety, a question that also got asked a few times. So I think that will also answer that question. I found this actually quite interesting, this next question, because I didn't even think of this, but it makes total sense after I did a little bit of digging. The increase in anxiety during your period. So in a nutshell, in like a sentence nutshell, the hormones that govern your menstrual cycle affect both your body and your mind and can lead to a mood-related PMS symptom like anxiety or even depression, which means, yes, the possibility of increased anxiety is very possible during your period. I found that very, very interesting because I did not know that. Okay, last question, and then we will rub, round this up. It's actually ended up being a lot quicker than I thought. Vader is turning and turning around on a very, very noisy pillow, if you wanted to know what that noise was. Last question. How do I cope with the uncertainty of what the future holds? All right. <laughs> These are sometimes the questions that I go to bed with, which sometimes prevents me from falling asleep at night. How fun. Insomnia always finds its way to me. However, trying to predict the future is just another way of trying to be in control. And I think when I realized that there is no certainty, no matter how comfortable or organized I thought my life was, life can still change in a freaking second. And that I have no control over it. So letting go of control, but still showing up 100% every day is how I let go of these uncertainties of the future. Because the uncertainty is, well, there is. So if there's anything I can leave you with, is that my biggest tools in moving through anxiety is letting go of control because it's an illusion. <laughs> Lay down on the ground when things get heavy. I know it sounds so weird, but it's an easy way to physically change your environment and your frequency. Next one is to share how you feel with people you trust or who are going through it too. That can also be super helpful. Another thing that I've lately been doing that's helping me just feel so good and that's dancing. I know it sounds lame, but literally getting out of your head and getting into a childlike sense of self makes me feel so alive. And things just seem less complicated when I have Avril Lavigne playing in the background. <laughs> I hope someone gets that reference so badly. 
There's a song called Complicated by April Levine. Okay, anyway, moving on. Um, okay, so believing things will get better and letting go of pressure of trying to be fixed or healed or give myself time to just get better. It's so freaking easy to fall into fear of not doing enough, being enough, or that you won't ever feel the same, but please give yourself the time to heal. Um, something I've had to continuously work on. And that falls into the next one, and that's accepting where I am. And let symptoms come and go and not my, you know, judge myself for them. Big, big one. And that is don't let a shitty moment be a shitty day. I can't tell you how many times when small inconveniences happened in my life and I've let it not even dictate one day, but sometimes a week. And looking back now, it's it's just unnecessary. So let go of the times and days that you've done that, but just don't let shitty moments rule a day. So I guess if you have an anxiety, depression or anything you're moving through right now, please just remember that it does get better. Don't judge your healing timeline to someone else's. What matters is showing up every day to move through it. And that's the best we can do. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to listen to you too. So if you have any questions or ideas of dream guests, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for the answers to your questions and to hear your dream guests on this podcast. Send your questions and requests to candice.buddington at gmail.com and I look forward to connecting with you on a much deeper level. Bye.